0: The pride of Limerick.
1: The young man named Sean Sheehan.
0: The MMA media, Don Graham The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody! It's episode one hundred and thirty-eight of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like every week, I'm here with the Eric Murphy of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, to take you through a big week in the world of MMA. Going to look back at last week's UFC Sao Paulo card, which was pretty interesting. Cage George had a card as well, which didn't record for me, but Graham's going to tell you about that. And we're going to look ahead to a huge week for for MMA and for the UFC, probably the biggest card of the year, I'd say, or definitely in the top. Top one or two, anyway, with uh, three titles on the line. And my boy, Wanderby back as well in Ireland's own Joseph Duffy. So that should be be fun. Graham, how are things? How was your weekend?
1: Hi, I was good, yeah. Didn't get up to much. Uh, Went over to PT's house. uh, uh, Reggie's house, actually. His dog's taken over the house. But uh, went over there to watch the UFC and uh, the the boxing, or the B-X-I-N-G, as uh, Andy Joshua likes to spell it.
0: B-X-N-G, I believe it is, isn't
1: it? What's that about, the B-X? No O in boxing. Some I don't know what that's about. It's I it
0: think it's, I think it's just for his brand. It's like AJ Boxing, B X N G, isn't it? I don't
1: know. Going very like, strange. Very that's... strange. But yeah, we were watching that and uh watching the the U C and uh we, we got confused when the air. We both forgot the air went back, and we were like, yeah, what yeah. ho- "What's up with these? How many prelims are there going to be before this main card?" And then, when the air went back. We were like, "Oh yeah, okay, fair enough."
0: Yeah, someone asked me in the night. they were like, uh, "When does prelim start?" And I was like, "20 minutes." And then I looked at my thing. It was like, "Oh no, it's like an hour and 20 minutes away." Because I, I don't know. I made a very big fuck up because I thought it was. I thought, you know, it's usually like a two-hour prelims, and I thought, oh sure, if their prelims are starting at whatever time, they must be two hours earlier. But so, I don't know. I just, I just made a major malfunction there. But how did, it's a fake actually, news yeah, how did Liverpool get on this weekend? I didn't, I didn't actually. Huddersfield, win. the mighty Huddersfield,
1: oh. we we beat them three 0 and and we missed the penalty. Uh, by we, I mean, uh Mo Salah missed the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think and most Salah my a
0: penalty. Actually, fuck's sake.
1: Man United had a had He got an
0: Beautiful Mourinho masterclass again, so it's all good this week.
1: I'm, I'm glad I missed that. There was, there was no way I was getting up to watch a Mourinho game at like 12 a.m. or whatever it was.
0: Oh, it was beautiful. Ken Early now will have to write a glowing uh, <laughs> game this week. He hates oh. him so Oh, He hates him so much. He hates him as much as I hate Liverpool. Like, Jan, I didn't think that amount of hate was possible, but uh, it definitely is. Like, definitely uh, I a don't
1: know. I'd say, I'd say you, have a, you have more hate for Liverpool, especially yeah, Steven James. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I probably do I probably do but it's i think the difference between man united fans and liverpool fans is like man united can kind of laugh at liverpool because of their misfortune but liverpool's hatred is like a hate of someone doing someone doing something good so that's kind of a more devious hate hatred
1: I don't think it's even that. I think like even if Man United were, were not winning anything, it would just it will always be this was massive rivalry because uh, a lot of people in Ireland either support Liverpool or Man United, and it's kind of the the main two choices. So kind of just when you're growing up, that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, that is true as well. Also, Liverpool are terrible and awful in all ways.
1: Like, there's no chance of fucking anything this season in the in the Premier League. Brilliant. So it's all about the Champions League now and I'm trying to get back in the Champions League next year already. Um, just a lot of. You need to get Kaida in there as soon as possible, but he keeps getting sent off in uh, in Germany. So, I uh, don't, know, don't know. Maybe the, the Premier League rest will let, let a little bit more go, hopefully.
0: That's all about the Carrier Bag Cup. looks like the
1: Carrier, Carrier Bag Cup. Carrier Bag Cup, exactly. So, speaking of Man United fans
0: anyway, let's move swiftly into the MMA talk for this week. And the big one is a big Man United fan on top of the of a card this weekend. Michael Bisping takes on George Ross St-Pierre in, in his comeback fight to MMA. The talk this week has been mostly, or last week as it is now as it's Monday, has been mostly about this card maybe not selling that well, having them to put extra media into it and stuff. And a lot of people online have talked about how they're not really looking forward to this fight, not the card anyway, because the card is very good, but the actual fight itself. I kind of am. Where where do you stand on it? Are you looking forward to it? Or are you no interested? Yeah.
1: In no, I'm interested in it. Yeah. Um, like I know, I know why people people want the a lot of fans anyway want the sport to be kind of like uh, done on rankings, um, like whoever earned it. And they want a system kind of like another sports, like a league. But it's just not the way MMA is, and it's not the what sells pay per views and stuff. And this kind of this kind of fight is put together as like a, a kind of a money grab, nearly in in people's minds. And then I think people are are kind of happy fans that didn't want didn't like the fight or didn't want the fight to be made are happy with uh with the news or the the mention from rogan that he heard it wasn't it wasn't selling well so uh i'd say it's uh, like uh, we were joking about gsp needing to be reintroduced but like i think the sports kind of moved on like all the new fans that have come in don't know george or have just heard of george uh or haven't seen him fight live they when they when you look back on george fights like from from the past, like they're not exactly exciting. Like five round fights constantly. He, has, he hasn't finished a fight in eight or nine years. You know, I, don't, I think people are not that excited about George St. Pierre's return. Even less excited than we than we would have expected when it was when it was announced like a year and a half ago. People were more excited, I think. But as it as it dragged on, I think people have lost interest gradually.
0: Yeah, I think like I think the interesting thing about it is this is like the fandom and the question of fandom because like when i discovered mma what is it now maybe like 12 13 years ago or whatever it was you know there was obviously a lot of what 10 years of mma before that and stuff and you know there was a lot to catch up on and i think people of that era and you know five or six years after or five or six years before or whatever kind of discovered this sport and it was kind of something maybe a lot of people would know especially in ireland maybe in america and stuff it's different but you kind of once you discover it, you kind of go back and you'd watch everything else, you know, even if it was, I think it was a few seasons of tough when I started watching, I went back and and watched them and, uh, you know, followed the fighters along like Forrest Griffin and even Bisping, I think he's in season three and Rashad Evans and all them and you you saw the champions, you know, you got to, maybe, you know, if you're later on, you got into, anderson silva by seeing him fighting Forrest griffin by going from tough and went back through his career and things like that but i don't know are fans actually doing this this day these are uh, doing that these days i put a tweet out about it and i'm, I'm not yeah, sure i don't
1: i don't think they are because i think there's too many mma events now it used mm-hmm. to be one every month or one every three weeks and you had a lot of time to kind of get get hyped and research the fights and catch up on on previous fights that you've missed as a new fan but now there's just so many mma events with bellator ufc ksw there's always an event like uh every weekend nearly like it would be very rare that there'd be no mma from one of the one of the major promotions uh, on a weekend so it's it's just there's too much uh, live mma and obviously live mma is much more exciting than uh, when you know the results or um even when you don't know the results when you're watching it back um years later it's just not doesn't have the same excitement
0: i think mma is more palatable to the mainstream now as well i think people are way way more familiar with it than they were say even seven eight years ago i think like now you can come in you can watch conor mcgregor fight Nate eight you can understand what's going on and then you cannot watch again for another six months whereas before they'd be like the fighter got to the ground and you say oh, what's going on here you know the, you wouldn't really understand what was going on i remember i would with, uh, with, you know with a lot of people and now people who don't even like mma you know that i talk to them they kind of know what's happening and know well maybe not know what's happening but in the world of mma but know what's happening in a fight or whatever and i think that has changed like we used to always cling before to becoming mainstream but I think now <laughs> we're kind of clinging to becoming the to, to wanting to go back to the knee sports. maybe not wanting to go back but wanting everyone to love us love the knee sport when we discovered that knee sport but that, that's a little bit unrealistic. I think it's just it's just change in times, and it it really is the new era of fans, and it's unfortunate, like to call them McGregor era fans. But I kind of think that's what they are. Maybe they're not all McGregor fans, but they're McGregor era fans. It's it's Ronda not, as well, Ronda years. and fans. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, hundred percent, yeah. And it's it really is just just a new era. But wait, let's get to the let's get to the actual fight anyway. And have you something else to say about that now? Were you going to we just interject no, one no. In there? No, Okay, let's let's get to no. the
1: fight.
0: I went. I went back and watched a couple of George St. Pierre fights in the lead up to this, thinking about what I was gonna say. And it's it's actually tough because he really hasn't fought anyone like Mike, that fights like Michael Bisping, or that's the size of Michael Bisping. You know, if you want to look at size, maybe Carlos Condit is the best uh best fight to look at his. Uh, because Carlos Carlos Condit's a big tall guy, you know, he could probably fight up at up at middleweight if he wanted. Uh, but the, you know he doesn't really fight like Michael Biscoin does and come forward fights off off the back foot. You know, if you want to look at his style, maybe a Dan Hardy or something like that would be would be the best one. But that Dan Hardy fight was kind of a damn squib. um George Pierre just kind of destroyed him over five rounds and took him down and you know you can't tell much into that. So it's hard to come into this known What to look at and I think that's kind of the story of this fight as well as the fact that it's 2000 November 2013 you know it's a month off four years since George George St-Pierre fought how like have you any idea what way he's going to look coming into this or how you know even not by like his skill set we could nobody knows about his skill set but like how he's going to match up against Bisping
1: it's it's really hard to know. Like you've heard from over the the years, while he's been out from Faraz Zahabi his uh head coach at Troy that he's been in the gym a lot. Like, but being in the gym and and getting ready for fights are very different things. Like, he's also he's had several knee injuries in his career, including a knee injury I believe uh, bad. I think it was an ACL since uh since he retired. So ACLs, especially especially when you've already had a had a couple of knee injuries, are, are a hard injury to overcome and four years is a very long time the sport evolves so quickly you know okay george st pierre beat bj Penn, but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like a complete whitewash like bj Penn had his moments maybe maybe if you look at where bj Penn is now compared to the, the, the new breed it might be the same with with uh, with gsp but gsp is going up against an old head in, in bisbing and you could argue that Bisping, like a lot of people argued, that Bisping lost to Italy's latest. A lot of people argued that he lost to uh, Anderson Silva, uh, um, uh, by knockout and by decision. And then a lot of people would argue that Dan Henderson beat him as well. So he's like, it's kind of like a kind of an Eddie Alvarez situation where he's kind of lucky to be there at the top. Um, mm-hmm. so for GSP, it's a really, it's 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 a nice matchup for for a middleweight title shot coming back, but. I just, I just can't go with him in this one. Being out for so long and all the injuries and and up the weight and Bisbing fought at two hundred five for years. He's a big guy, um, and his he, his boxing has come on massively under Jason Perillo in the last in the last five or six fights. Um, Bisbing can go all day as well. Like if GSP is going to be carrying extra weight that he's not used to be carrying and he's and he's rusty, he could get tired in this as well. But like obviously nobody would be all that surprised if GSP was able to hit takedowns and kind of ride the fight out like he's so he's so well known for doing but i I, if i was betting i'd definitely go with as in this one
0: yeah it's it's kind of odd from that point of view like because look i I was saying there i was watching that carlos conda fight and they were talking about you know how gsp became bigger for that fight you could see him he had a lot of muscle and looked looked very big at the weight and i I i'm pretty sure he made the weight pretty easily for that fight like at 170 and now he's coming up as well like you gsp talked an awful lot about you know, when he was coming up, he'd need time to, to come up when, you know, when there was talks of Anderson Silva and everything like that and, and he definitely has had that time, but like, you just mentioned BJ Pin there, like, BJ Pin now fighting at 145, Bisping, what, I think he was 13-0 and at 205 so what's that, like a 60 pound difference between those two guys that he's fighting? And I know like uh, BJ's fought bigger and everything, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's amazing. Like there was, I know GSP was bigger than BJ and all, but there wasn't that much of a, a size difference between them. Like, and now he's gone fighting someone that's a big, big middle. And Michael Bisping cuts a lot of weight to get down to there. Like, and I, I think that's, you know, just, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables in this fight, but I think. Like, size is a huge one. Like, we talked about weight cutting an awful lot recently, and I, I've i made the argument that guys should be, you know, divisioned out by size and stuff like that. And if you are doing that, there's no way these two guys would fight, I don't think. I think Michael Bisping is just a way, way bigger man than Bisping actually is. And that means that there's going to have to be a big superiority in one aspect of the game, or, you know, a few aspects of the game. Like like if you look at mcgregor coming up you know fighting a welterweight or something like that he he's obviously going to beat a few welterweights so you look at Dimitri Johnson, he i think he went what 13 and 1 or something at bantamweight against bigger guys you know skill will bring you so far against guys um, against guys who are bigger than you and as you said you know it's it's not a bad matchup for for uh George St. Pierre here getting back to get for a title at, at middleweight it's also not a bad matchup for Bisping, if you put it that way. Like if Bisping was fighting Joel or Robert Whitaker or Jack or Aaron, them guys, to be a lot tougher matchup, I think. And the same goes for George St. Pierre. If he was fighting any of those those guys or as uh, someone like a turnwoodly, I think it'd be a lot lot tougher of a match matchup for him. But like what, what about that? You know, the size and and the skill level. Do you think, uh, as I mentioned there, do you think there is that disparity in disparity in skill level for Gsp? Uh, you know, uh, sorry, uh, did you think Bisping has a disparity in any level? I know you mentioned wrestling, but do you think there's enough of a disparity there for the matter because of the size?
1: Yeah, well, uh, sometimes it actually makes it, when you're kind of smaller, it makes it easier to get under somebody. Um, but uh, Michael Bisping has always had pretty good tight end defense. He's been taken down by Chael, by but he, he was able to get back up and he was able to get his own tight downs. But... Um, this is assuming GSP still has the the same spring and the same explosiveness that he did before a couple of knee injuries and four years uh, out of the sport. And it just, if history tells us anything about people coming back after years out of the sport, it, it usually doesn't go well. Uh, they usually don't look like they used to look. But um, I think Dominic Cruz had, even though he was out for years, he had one fight in between and he looked great in it. But he hasn't looked quite the same since. Um and um maybe maybe GSP can do the same thing but GSP's is a, a bit older so there's a lot of vari- there's a lot of variables here but I think I think um I think GSP definitely definitely has the ability to to if he gets if he gets Bisbing down to keep him down which um Bisbing is usually good at getting back up so we he might be able to tire Bisbing out that way but Bisbing is very hard man to tire out he's got a very good uh very good cardio I don't think he's ever he's ever tired out in a fu- or gassed out in a fight. Obviously, you get tired as as the fight goes on, but he's never it's never visibly a problem for him. Um, I think I think that the, the could put a pace on GSP and test out how how fit and how ready and how uh, rusty GSP is for this fight. Like, so it it it's it's a hard one. It really is when when somebody's been there for so long. It's really hard, and then they're stepping up as well, fifteen pounds against against a big guy. Um, I'd go with Bisbing, but uh. If GSP can get the takedowns, like it could be a twenty-five minute decision for for GSP as well.
0: Yeah, the only time like i've seen bisping show any cardio or wrestling disparity really and i've used the word disparity about 10 times now but anyway is against tim kennedy recently anyway I, like, and that was coming back off that gruesome eye injury where he got cleared like oh, i think it was like four, four or five weeks before fighting he wasn't doing anything and you could tell that he wasn't ready i think on another day he probably would have beaten tim kennedy but i think that you know if you leave that fight aside even you know everyone has an off day anyway even if you leave that fight aside i don't think that's much you, you mentioned chael i think it, it kind of win for 50-50, which he has a very, very good wrestler as well and, and a big guy as well. So, the, look, that if if Bis- or sorry, if George St-Pierre does win, I think that you're probably right. I think that's where he does win with, with wrestling, getting on, up underneath him. But I, I think it's going to be hard. Look, George, uh, you mentioned the ring rust as well. It was funny, actually, in that Condit fight, he was just coming back off the injury. Obviously, Condit was the interim champion in that fight. And he said, ring rust is real, was one of the first things he said after the fight. And he, I think he was only, what, 16 18 months or something out of, the, out of the cage for that fight obviously now four years it's it's going to be huge uh as well but <clears throat> look how i see this fight going, breaking down is what you watch cmpr is great at and i think he actually mentioned this last week funny enough that like is he a great wrestler he is a great wrestler is he a great uh striker he's a great striker but what makes those things great about him is not his power, or maybe his, you know, his technique. You can look at any other guys and have the, those of other. You can point point out other guys who have better technique, better power, and stuff. I think it's his timing, and he said it last week. Like watching fights back of him, you can really, really see how good his timing is. He, some guys, they will maybe get a double leg. They'll get a trip against the cage. They'll get a single leg. They have different ways of taking guys down. GSP does them all, but he does them all because he times them well. He catches kicks very, very well, puts you on the ground. His blast doubles are very, very good, puts you down there as well. He he puts on a ferocious pace, just like Bisping does as well. And like, GSP is not a guy who maybe throws like three or four punches, stays behind the jab, maybe the likes of, you know, uh, I know we'll get to him later on, but maybe um, a, a, a Cody Garbrandt or something like that when he when he wants to. He's not that kind of guy. jispies kind of fights like a knockout artist, but th- that doesn't really have much knockout power. But he just brings that uh, brings that efficiency all the time. Comes with those big hard shots over the top. And that's hard to deal with. Now, there's times as well where he can, like the Josh Koscheck fight, where he can kind of jab you up and play that game for a night if he wants to. So that's tough. But he likes to frighten the front foot as well, just like Michael Bisping. You know, Miss Bisping is, at his core, he's a kickboxer with good takedown defense we saw it against uh, Luke Rockhold, what he can do. His power is definitely improving. You know, he, he didn't really hurt Dan Henderson a few times. What you know? He had him going as well. Uh, and, and, you know, in a few more fights as well, you can see, as you mentioned, Jason Perillo, he's definitely improving in, in the boxing aspect of his game. And we, as I said, we know what he's, what his takedown defense is like, but yeah, I know you said, you've seen it to Bisping. I think I see it to Bisping as well, but, who do you think, like in this file, and I think it's the key. Who do you think can push uh, push the person back? Who do you think will get the front vote? I,
1: I think Bisbing will. will um, Bisbing Bisbing will be will be happy enough to to kind of circle around and give it up a couple bit at a time um, and try that. But I think um, I think it's. I also just on, on what we were saying earlier. I think it's easy to forget how good GSP actually was or possibly 100%. still is because you know it wasn't his best performance against Johnny Hendricks. Maybe it was he was over the hill, or maybe it was just a bad day at the office. He'd been fighting pretty regularly for years like it could have just been a bad performance uh he still ended up in the decision he's got a, he's, he's got one of the best jabs in in mma like the jab is very under underutilized in mma and gsp like he jabbed the head off koschek he, he he's used it he's used a job many times really well and he's got really good boxing and then his takedowns as well like because he spends a lot of time on top um um, maybe people forget how good his boxing is, but uh, it's, if it was four years ago when this fight was put together, I, I, uh, even with Bisbing obviously making the strides that he's made in the last four years, like the the, the GSP of four years ago against the Bisbing of now, I'd be picking Bis, I'd be picking GSP. But just with all the variables, the four years out, the the knee injuries, just, it, it, I just, I, I just, I just have to go with the the more more known quantity in uh, in Bisbing.
0: Yeah, that's basically the crux of my argument as well. Yeah, that, that ring rust the size and everything it's just going to be tough but as you said like if he does come back and looks like himself i think he will win it's a bit like machida from last week i think if 100 percent machida come out there uh, maybe not the way it played out we'll obviously talk about that later on but i think if if 100 gsp comes out there fighting like he used to fight i think he probably win because i think he'll be able to push bisping back and he can beat bisping that way i know i I know bisping has landed a few counter-strikes recently and he's a good counter-striker but he's not a great counter-striker i don't think like i think he can land that one knockout blow but i don't I don't think he's going to counter-strike all night and beat uh, George St-Pierre that way. I think he's going to, if he wins, he's going to push him forward, bring the mistakes out of him, get him counter, and then kind of counter his counters, if that makes any sense, or, you know, get him coming in attacking. But, yeah, I'm picking Bisping because I think he will be able to take the front five. I think he will be able to establish the forward pressure. And I think over five rounds, he'll be able to keep the pace better. Than George Saint Pierre now because of you know the fact that George Saint Pierre just can't be you know can, as I say a match fit in in soccer and other sports like that he just can't be after four years out. There's only it's you know sparring and stuff is great, but there's a big difference between coming back into a fight and especially after four years. It's, it's like be sharpness
1: years. and timing and all, that, yeah. and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what I said. Like timing, that's what makes George St. Pierre. I mentioned it earlier, it's timing, and uh, as I said, doesn't a lot. You hear everyone talking about it. It, there's only so much you can do in and all like that. And see timing is something you need in the fight. And if it, maybe if it was against someone inferior, fair enough, but someone as good and as big as Bisping against him, I think it's gonna be a, a tough night. But uh, looking forward to it anyway. It should be fun. Uh let us know what you think. Right, let's move on to the co-main event. And I've called this the best possible fight in the UFC today, Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. Am I mad or am I right?
1: It's definitely up there. Um I thought you thought I thought you thought Khabib and Aldo was. I ah, well, well, yeah. What I don't know about Al-
0: uh, Khabib now because he's been out so long and I've kind of
1: cooled on Khabib, 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 Khabib and uh, Barbosa is going to be pretty good though. So. Yeah, I like that. I like it. Um, yeah, no, Cody Garbrandt and Teixeira was brilliant for the, the real animosity be- between them or the animosity seems real between them, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants to fake animosity. People can see see through that most of the time. Um. And on top of all that, it's just two highly, really highly skilled guys. Um, like a lot of people would argue, TJ beat beat Dominic Cruz when when they fought. Like uh, uh, I think uh, it was more comprehensive when Cody beat Dominic. But um, stars make fights, and you know, I think. But I think Cody's just getting better and better and better. And I think TJ kind of maybe plateaued a bit, and he hasn't really shown anything new or shown any new wrinkles since uh since he fought Helen Broad uh both times. So uh I think I think uh Cody's gonna win this. I think he's just gonna be uh too fast, too slick. His boxing is really sharp and he's got real good pop on his punches and he showed his takedown ability his takedown defense and his takedown ability in the Dominic Cruz fight, especially uh he just he just looks to be making strides between fights so I'm, I'm expecting to see an even better version of Cody Garbrandt than we saw against Dominic Cruz and I think that's going to be too much for TJ but um like TJ's very very active but um he misses a lot and I think um Cody will be able to counter them with with, with, good, with good boxing um and, and beat him that way but It'll probably be, uh, if it, if it, if it's going to be finished, it'll probably finish late, but I'd say it'll probably be a five-round decision for Cody.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with almost everything you said there. Like, when this fight was announced, I was kind of leaning TJ a little bit. I thought he might be, like, I thought Cody beat Cruz a lot with his speed and his timing, and I thought, I don't think TJ's going to out-time uh cody but i thought he might be able to outspeed him but i think it shows the importance as well of going back and watching lots of fights as well i went back and watched a lot of these and my mind kind of changing it uh i'm go i think cody will win now and it's because of that accuracy especially like dominic cruz going back watching that fight you might think uh dominic cruz has missed a step or something and obviously he's not the fighter he was maybe two or three years ago or whatever or four years ago now at this stage maybe a little, little bit longer even He's still very, very good. And he I don't think he'd missed that much of a step since the TJ fight, if you want to look at it that way. And you, as you said there, the TJ fight was close. It, it was close. It's definitely, you know, one, either of them could have won it, really. That uh, Garbrandt, um, uh, Dominic Cruz fight wasn't close. Garbrandt won that clearly. You know, he almost got to finish a couple of times. It, 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 there was levels to that, to you know, there was. Like, it looked like there was different levels between Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz, and everyone knows how much of a fan I am of Dominic Cruz, just tremendous. But your point about TJ missing a lot of shots, I think that could be the whole, make the whole difference because the shots that TJ misses, Cody Garbrandt will connect with, and he'll connect with them harder. He like he hits way way harder than TJ. He might not throw it as with the same output, but especially with the new scoring as well that makes a whole lot more difference when you hit harder uh, cause, cause, because that's scored more strongly, obviously. Uh, the wrestling, though, is a big issue, I find. And I think, like, I, I think if, ben, if you have a Dwayne Bannon-Ludwig game plan here and you go out with it for TJ Dillashaw against Cody Garbrandt, I think you're go- probably going to lose. It, it'll be close. I think it'll be a five-round decision. And I think that's what will happen. I think he will come out like that, striking, staying on the feet. But I think if he he came out with a a wrestling game plan, possibly, you know, go, go out, definitely strike with him for long periods of the round, but get your maybe one, two takedown attempts or takedowns during a round, during every round, maybe even during two, three or four rounds. I think that could be very important. And as you, I, I think most people would agree, this is probably going five rounds. Imagine if you got four takedowns in that in that fight, that could make a huge, huge difference in, in this one. And I think that could be where TJ has the has the advantage. And if he's a smart game plan like that, I think it could be big for him.
1: Do we know how much uh, <clears throat> Dwayne worked with Cody when when um, when he was head coach of Althamel?
0: I'd say a little bit.
1: Like when you're training with somebody and you're watching them all the time, you might spot little holes in their game. I know it's been a while; it's been a few years, but. Um, Cody's probably closed a lot of them holes, but he might, he might, Dwayne might have a couple of things up his sleeve that he's that he's uh, relying on um, that he thinks can can exploit p- Cody's game. But I just think Cody will have too much of him. I think he's going to be he's going to be quicker to the punch. I think he's going to he's going to counter Dillashaw. Um, and I, 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 even if Dillashaw wants to go for takedowns, like Dominic Cruz is is like when he shoots a takedown, he he nearly always gets it. And when he was shooting takedowns against Cody, he wasn't even getting close. Um, mm-hmm. Cody's movement just, just kind of didn't even leave the takedowns there to be attempted Yeah, a lot of the time so uh yeah i just think cody's gonna have too much for him. i think cody's gonna be better as i said i think he's gonna be better than ever
0: yeah, a possible thing as well when you're coming into that cody dominic cruz fight i thought uh, i thought uh, one of you know one of my big uh, bones of contention coming to that with cody was maybe he'd get frustrated when he couldn't hit dominic cruz i wonder if could that happen in this fight because he hit Dominic Cruz basically when he wanted him from the start and I think that fight did change as well in the first two minutes when Cody did hit and hurt Cruz maybe he didn't knock him down in, in that early but he was connected with him and that I think that definitely changed the fight and Dominic Cruz said it afterwards when he got caught into the what was it the third, uh, so second or third round that changed the fight as well he it made him come out more what if this fight starts off and TJ's maybe a little bit more defensive you know goes for those few takedowns maybe gets a few takedowns and comes into the second or third round and maybe maybe Cody's around down maybe it's 1-1 maybe he's not hitting TJ as much as he'd like that is there a chance he could get frustrated I wonder I'm, I'm yeah, interested there's,
1: there's always a chance but I think I think looking at the past like I think TJ was the one who actually got frustrated against Dom and kind of yeah threw too many punches at the air and kind of left himself open to be countered and and wasting energy hitting fresh air so um but in the in the Ultimate Fighter and all the kind of exchanges and interviews and stuff, uh, TJ seems to be the kind of more relaxed about the whole uh, animosity. But um like before the Cody and Dom fight, Dominic Cruz was was, was making a fool of Cody in all the interviews, and it, it didn't matter at all when the fight started.
0: Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. With that. I was, Cody is, he's not. Let's say he's not the smartest guy in the world if you're to do an IQ test, but his fighting IQ is is up there with the best in the world, and I think. It kind of shows, you know, he's you hear a lot of guys t- talking about it, that they become free inside the octagon and they you know, become very, very, very loose and very comfortable in there. I think he's definitely one of those guys like that. And uh, yeah, TJ, I, I think it's definitely one of these matchups of kind of raw talent and, you know, kind of a love for the game against someone who's a very, very good athlete and who's very strong and who's very, very determined to win and who has kind of learned everything to get here. I think it's, it's 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 an interesting matchup because in that scenario, and as you mentioned there, you know the game planning is going to be huge for TJ. Like if TJ and uh, Dwayne Ludwig have a very good game plan going in here, and if they know things about Cody Garbrandt, that could make a big big difference. So I'm really 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 looking forward to this fight, as you can tell. Like I'm, I go back and forth, and I'm just picking Garbrandt because of that power and because of that accuracy, and as you said, because of T- the way TJ misses misses an awful lot. But yeah, I could see it going anywhere. But I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Should be, should be fun. Right. Let's move on to the third title fight on the night. Carl's will stand this card for the, for the whole, uh, for the whole uh, podcast. Joanna Jajec, as they call her in, uh, in the promotion for this fight, Joanna against uh, Rose Nami Yunus in uh, the women's strawweight title fight. Do you, you give Rose any chance here?
1: it's mma there there's always a chance so but, no uh,
0: in other words you're saying no you don't give her any chance.
1: i'd be shocked if 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 wanna lost to be honest yeah mm-hmm. i think Joanna's gonna be champion for a long time
0: wanna champion i i do too to be honest like watching watching rosa I mean, fights she's improved so much like did this fight I, and i wrote in my my preview which will be out during the week like Rose, you kind of forget that she fought for the inaugural version of this title, and she was the last one to fight. Or well, she she was the first one to fight Carla Sparza who Jacek beat. Who you know, and jacek has been the champion since.
1: She, just, she she changed her as a fighter. I think she's never been the same since she beat her so badly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, it's weird to think how young this division is, but how much Rosnami Yunus has changed because she's uh, literally been in the UFC. Well, I think there was a couple of fights actually In Jacek fought before her in the UFC, I'm pretty sure, against Gadelia. but she's basically a UFC fighter. The length of time, the strawweight division is in the UFC and the improvements she has made in that time are are absolutely huge. Like I was watching her fight there against uh, uh, Karolina Kovalevich, and her striking is so good now. It's really, really, really good. Like uh, she... Uh, her head movement, not only to defend but to attack. She kind of bends her head down and comes in with big hooks over the top. She hits hard. She's, you know, she's putting things together well. Her fence work is very, very good. Something I I was talking about before her last few fights is that she needs to add in more ground game. She needs to add in more wrestling and get her submissions. Something which was excellent at the start. She's starting to do that. She's starting to go for takedowns. If someone takes her down, she's starting to go for submissions. Getting a bit looser with that with her newfound striking the problem is she's fighting Annie and Jacek here and you no matter how good you are you need to be really really good for a really really long time I think and even though Rosnan Muniz has had a you know she's had a good few fights recently since that that title loss since she came out of the house I think she's still a little bit green you know she lost that fight to Kovalkovich I was talking about there that was around 80 months ago or so she beat Michelle Waterson since she, you know she's wins over Tisha Torres, Page Vanzant, Angela Hill, is it, uh, is it enough, I, I really don't think it's enough, would you, do you think it was the right time, another joining Jacek has basically cleaned out the division here, but I think Rose is probably the best prospect in that division, and I think it's, I think it's still a little bit too soon.
1: Yeah, well it is kind of, as you say, like you know, who else if not Rose, yeah. um, you, you don't. Claudia Godela just just got absolutely destroyed by uh, Jessica Andraj, who who uh, who was made was made look very ordinary by um, by Ioana and Jacek. So, um, I like, uh, I, I, she could pull off some funky submission here or something, but I just I just don't see her fundamentals on the feet being being anywhere near good enough to to get around Joanna's striking and Joanna's tight down defense is getting better all the time. Um, she was able to. She was able to uh, defend herself off her back with, without much concern when, when Gadele got her down um, in the second fight as well. So there's just very little holes in Joanna's uh, game, and you need you need you need something very special you, like to to get her. Like I think maybe, like you know, if somebody was like ridiculously good on the ground, like Damian Meyer or like Jake Shields or something, or like one of them, then then you have a chance of beating beating somebody like Joanna, uh, but. Otherwise, it's the only chance you have is it's it's a fight and anything can happen. But I'd be I'd be I'd just see Joanna um, just just beating her beating her badly probably and um I think Rose is very tough so she might hang in there for a while but uh, I'd expect Joanna to maybe get a late TKO or just dominate all the rounds and win a fifty fifty forty five or maybe even a couple of ten eights in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You could bring this, bring this back on me now, and I might look stupid. But I, I think this fight is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I don't know why. I just for some reason, like watching those Rose and fights, I just, I, I think she's good. You know, she's good on the feet. She's not as good as Ian Jajic. I know, but you know, one thing that I'm I'm big on with Rose as well is her clinch game. That's something that's improving that she's working on a lot more. And we saw Iwani and Jajic, especially against Claudia Gadelia. Uh, she lost a lot of that. Was it the second fight? I think against the fence. You know, she lost a couple of rounds in that fight because she was put against the fence. What if you someone like that who's a bit wild, like Rose, who go take her down, maybe try to get take her back, maybe try to go for a submission? I think that could be an area. What What if you know AJH gets pushed back? You know, we don't see that that often. Usually, when she is. Uh, it. it it's someone like um, uh, Ko- 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 Kovalkiewicz did it to her a little bit, but she was kind of just too fast for her. Got away. I think Rose is very, very fast as well. Nimble on her feet. Could you know if she can catch her, she can not only with the striking, but as I said, put her up against the fence when she's going back like that. So that um, you know, I do think those two parts of her game lend themselves into success for Rosanna You know, if she goes yeah. forward and get, can get Injejic on the back foot, I think she can hit her that way because that's where she hits people the best with, as I said, that low head and with the hooks over the top. And I think then she can push her into the fence after that and maybe get takedowns, maybe get that submission. I
1: don't yeah, know. I, I, yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're like kind of, I kind of half agree with what you're saying. Maybe like, I, 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 I think as the fight goes on, Joanna will take over. But I think early, it might be, it might be close, like yeah. you're saying. It might. Uh, I don't think Rose has the the power to for for somebody to pick or for people to pick her to to finish Joanna on the feet. But when you're tricky on the ground, anything can happen. As you say, like uh, she could take, she could get the back, she could get the back on a on a on a scramble, or she could get the back just. Uh, Anything could happen, you know. <laughs> Anything can happen in MMA, and and it's it's not Rose and Nami mean, Unis's uh, first big spot. Like when she when she fought Paige Van Zant, there was a lot of hype around Paige Van Zant at the time, and it was a it went five rounds, and Rose looked like she could do five rounds no problem, and she looked stronger as as the fight went on. But I just think the damage that Joanna puts on people will, will slow Rose down, and as the rounds go on, I think Joanna will maybe get a ten eight or two, or, or maybe even a TKO. But now Rose is definitely no mug. Like I think as as you were kind of saying. If it wasn't for the division being cleared out already in the UC would ideally like to wait with Rose and get her another couple of fights? Like the Carolina fight was very close; like it was a split decision. It wasn't yeah. she like Carol, Carolina is uh, very good as well. Like, but Ioanny and Jade just are just another level. I think to, to all the rest of the girls in the division.
0: Yeah, right. On the la- last two things on those three title fights, right? Rank them. Which is the best one, two, and three?
1: The best in which division?
0: The, no, just all of the three title fights on this card uh, GSP Bisping, Garbrandt fights
1: Thinichel. yeah uh, hmm. the thompson the thompson masvidal fight no, no, like, no, no
0: the, the three title fights just the three title fights here oh, which is the best
1: okay sorry sorry uh, cody worst. garbrandt one is number 1 yeah. then 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 gsp i think and, and Bisping, but not by much um and then joanna rose i just think um the other two were are much more competitive and i'm kind of Less sure of who's gonna who's gonna win.
0: I, I definitely think Cody and TJ is the best. I'd nearly put you on our rows I, I have high expectations for that. But I think all three of them are very very good and looking forward to them. Right? How many how many new champions do you think we'll have? <sighs> um,
1: well, I think none. But I wouldn't be surprised if there if there was one. I, I'd be a bit surprised if there was two. If TJ and GSP won, I'd be. I don't know. Like they're both. It's very plausible. You can make many. Arguments for methods of victory for them, but uh, I don't think any any will.
0: Yeah, I don't think there'll be any either. But uh, I don't know. I GSP think I going to talk Yeah, I think I have to talk of myself into thinking Rosen I mean, and Eunice has a chance. I, I I don't know why. I might be in totally insane. I probably am, but I can just see her like jumping on her back and submitting her. I don't know why. Don't don't listen. Why am I saying this in the podcast? Edit it out, please. But, uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: there'll be no editing. I've, I've,
0: I've, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's too soon for her. But I think if Rose can put that part of her game together, if she can put those insane submissions and put, push her up against the fence and get the back, I could see a shock. I could see the world being shocked. Someone take this audio if it happens. Take it out and say, "Shan Sheen, call it. <laughs> but yeah. Look, I'm looking forward to them anyway. Really good. But uh, yeah, let's talk about a few more of the the fights in that car. Before we get to, I know you mentioned Mads Thompson there. Our very own Joseph Duffy is fighting here against James Vick in maybe apart from the, the Dustin Poirier fight, is the, the biggest fight and the the toughest fight of his career against James Vick, James Vic, someone who's very, very like him. You know, 11-1 uh, and 1 in his career now, only lost to Benil Dariush. And people know how big I am, and, and Benil Dariush very, very good. Has wins over Jake Matthews, Abel Trujillo, Marco Polo Reyes, Nick Hine, Ramsey Nim Jim, you know, l- some very, very good guys there. Uh, this is a tough one for Joseph Duffy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very competitive and very good fight. It's kind of flying under the radar, uh, yeah. even, even in kind of the local scene, and nobody's really talking about it, just because of the obviously the three title fights to return of GSB and all that stuff, and obviously ninety nine percent of the promotion has been has been around Visbing. Um, they haven't barely even mentioned uh, <laughs> Cody and TJ and um, and Joanna. Um, but yeah, this is like Joe Duffy. <laughs> Uh, I think he's going to have too much. I think he's. He, I love watching Joe Duffy fight because he's unorthodox and he just has a different striking style and he p- puts the shoulder up and he's he's really good on the ground as well. Um, uh, uh, Vic is really tough though. You know, Vic is. He lost to Benil Darius as you said, but like Darius on his day is 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 absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then besides besides that, he has a. He has a a loss on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, which is an exhibition about uh, Michael Chiesa who who is no mug either. So this guy doesn't lose to doesn't lose to, to people who aren't top top notch. Or maybe even just below the just below the kind of the title picture. But I just I just think Duffy is um I, I, I think he's he's really coming into his own. Um I think I think maybe people kinda forget that he was a that he was away for, for three odd years or three three and a bit years doing the boxing doing boxing yeah. and not not doing any kind of grappling, not doing any MMA. And it, it does take a while to kinda of get back into the flow of things and I think he was kinda he was kinda doing that before the kinda the stalemate in the transfer or in the, on the transfer in the contract negotiations uh, came up. And that kinda I don't know. Kind of made people forget about Duffy a bit, like so. Yeah. I think he'll re announce himself here. I think he's going to be very dangerous early on the feet, uh, as he always is, Duffy. And I think, um, I, I think Duffy will get the finish here, to be honest. Well, I, I like Vic is very tough and very hard to finish, but um, I think I think Duffy will get it done here.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I think his time away from uh, MMA is something that could actually win him this fight, obviously, because his time away from MMA was in boxing, and I think this is going to be largely a boxing match. And that schooling he's had against all different types of boxers, obviously seven and on boxing I think that'll stand him in good state here because Vic is someone who's a very, very boxing-oriented fighter. He's a little bit like Joseph Duffy, as I, as I mentioned. You know, He's a very boxing-oriented fighter as well. And when it goes to the ground, he goes for submissions hard. You know, have, I think they have something like 12, 15 submissions or something between them in, in their career. So I don't think Vic is going to do what he does to most guys, Whereas, like maybe jab him apart in the feet, beat him up, and then take him down and submit him. I don't think he's gonna do that to Joseph Duffy somehow. Uh and I think there you know, I think Duffy will be well used to fighting someone who's very long like this, and most guys Vic fights aren't. You know, you, you we you know, we saw him against, you know, all the guys I mentioned there, and that's kind of what he does him. He stays long in his jab, you know, lands those two or three uh shot combinations. As I said, goes in, gets the submission. Against Joseph Duffy, is he going to be able to do that? I think Joseph Duffy is very good at getting in, getting low on his shots, sitting down on his shots, coming in with body shots. You know, his body shots are some of the best in MMA, probably the, the best in MMA. You know, it's hard to think of anyone else who hits the body with, with fists anyway, as good as Joseph Duffy. Against Vic, a tall, big man like that, that's going to be huge. And I, I do as well. I, th- I think Vic is tough. Um, He has been KO'd by Bar- Darius and he's only lost... Uh, it could be late. I think second tour round maybe, but our, our decision. But I, I do think Duffy will win. I wouldn't be surprised if Vicky did win because he's very, very good as well. But I think it'll be a tough, tight scrap. I think Duffy might have a little bit more power. Might be a little bit more accurate. Might be a little bit more tested. In boxing, against a guy with such good boxing, you know it's, it, you know it's easy to look a good boxer when you're fighting guys who really aren't good boxers. But is it easy to look a good boxer against other good boxers? That's the thing, and I think Duffy can do that. I'm not sure if Vic can, so I, I'd, I'd lean Duffy because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised if Vic was able to, you know, get some takedowns and stay on top. Like, uh, if Duffy's shown any weakness in in his UFC career, it was uh, it was against Justin Poirier in kind of accepting takedowns too too easy to go to kind of go for triangles or go for submissions. He needed to be a bit more urgent or a bit less accepting of the takedowns, I think. But um, I think he's learned from that. I think he's talked about it. he was over anxious to try and get the knockout and to kind of slug it out and prove that. The, the concussion that he got pulled from the, the 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 UFC Dublin main event uh over was uh was gone and that he was still able to take a punch and it was a bit a of, bit of pride maybe he came in that came into it but um it's definitely a competitive matchup but I just think Joe will, will be able to figure him out as you say his experience on the feet um especially in the boxing realm is 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 really really good and Joe is a very good kicker as well um he has very sneaky head kicks which he which he showed I think in his UFC debut was it yeah he, yeah yeah so uh, uh, the body work as well, as you say, um, I, I think, uh, Joe is just going to have too, too much on the feet for him. And I think Joe will be able to stay away from the takedowns long enough to, to, to put Vic away.
0: Yep. I agree. What about Wonderboy against Masvidal? Uh, I find it very hard to see anything, but Wonderboy winning this dude. Am I totally biased? Cause I love Wonderboy? I yeah. Well, like
1: I, I definitely would have said that before, but then he managed to, to, to not beat Tyron Woodley twice when he, well, I thought he should have, uh, he had the ability. He had the tools to beat him, and he just didn't really pull the trigger. But I don't think Masvidal has the perceived power or the the knockout knockout on his resume that that uh Woodley have. So has so I think uh, Wonder Boy will be a bit more free with his with his punches, and his um uh, he'll be a bit more um be more active on his feet anyway than he was against Woodley. Um, I think I think watching Woodley fights, I think it's more, it's more Tyrone Woodley that kind of draws people into them fights than, I don't think Wonderboy wanted that to happen, but he just kind of got sucked into it twice yeah. in a row and kind of, um, just the fights were so close that, that, uh, you can't really, like, nobody was really screaming robbery. Nobody was like, ah, oh, even if people picked Wonderboy or had Wonderboy Boy the scorecards for either one of them fights, they understood that it was razor close and then not really that much happened in either fight. So, um, um yeah i think i think wonder boy sh- should have more than enough here. like i think wonder boy striking is absolutely unbelievable like what he did to robert whitaker wh- like what he did to ellenberger even his his debut i know it was he was fighting some guy who who they brought in to knock out but i think dan Sitchin was it yeah he, he absolutely absolutely beautiful technique uh wonder boy in, in, in his kicks especially and his uh his take in defense has been very good in the, uh historically as well uh since the matt brown since the matt brown loss where he kind of realized he needed to do a lot more work on it so yeah i think this is Wonderboy's boys fight to lose although masvidal is obviously extremely tough um a very good boxer as well and just just has a way of making fights really close but i think wonder boy wonder boy will win this and possibly get the get the finish
0: yeah look i think if masvidal can draw draw wonder into just a boxing only match i think he can win but I'm not sure if he can do that. He couldn't draw Damian Maya into a boxing only match, really. You know, and get, like nobody's ever done that to Wonderboy. I know Tyron Woodley drew him into the fight he wanted where nobody was throwing anything, but he didn't draw him into a boxing match. You know, he's nobody's ever been able to do it. <clears throat> Tyron Woodley, obviously there was one draw and one loss, which probably shouldn't have been a loss. I think most people think Wonderby won that. Didn't Matt Brown beat him as well, where he, you know, pushed him against the fence, drug him down, make a fight out of it, make a, a kind of a slug and wrestling beat you up kind of match out of it before wonder was the one buy that he is today uh so yeah it's never been done before but if he can do it he can win that way but i don't think he can win that way i've said this before and it's not because he's just fighting one of but i think george masvidal is very overrated to be honest a lot of people you know talking about him getting title shots and stuff i'm, I'm not sure i think damian maya is a very one-dimensional fighter and uh he beat he got beaten by him pretty pretty soundly like that that uh, Cerrone fight as well, I think it maybe up people's opinion of him a little bit. But as we often say, Cerrone's uh, kryptonite is boxing, and that's what Masvidal is good at. He's Wonderboy's yeah. kryptonite boxing, I don't think so. To be
1: honest, I think Wonderboy or sorry, Masvidal has a way of making people kind of fight at his or fighting at the same level of his opponent, though. He's in so many close split decisions, majority decisions, like disputed decisions. He just has yeah. a way of making it scrappy and making it close, but. I think Wonderboy, with with the amount of uh, with the uh, with the understanding of distance and timing that he has, he should be able to to land a uh, fight changing strike over the fifteen minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, anything else in that character? I know Johnny Hendricks is fighting Paulo Bojachinia, who's uh, yeah. ten and on the UFC. I believe tough enough fight, didn't it for Johnny Hendricks?
1: Yeah, I think, I think I think I saw Johnny Hendricks as a pretty big underdog as well, which uh, just kind of shows how how far he's fallen off, and it kind of maybe hints at. Um, Maybe why people are including me and you are picking Bisbing over GSP just because how quickly things change. Uh, well, four years is a long time, but um, like Johnny Hendricks, a lot of people thought he was the next long-reigning welterweight champion when when he was about to fight GSP, and when he even after he lost the the controversial decision. So that'd be an interesting one. And then the Mickey Gall and Randy Brown. Yeah, that, cool. I'm actually interested in that. I, I like Mickey Gall. He's uh, he's he's made a he's he's carved a nice. Uh, Rode for himself in the UFC from from the Dana White uh content or what was it? What's it called again? Looking for a fight, a fight yeah. um, where he called down CM Punk and <laughs> got got a ridiculous R- easy fight in a in a big spot and made the absolute most of it. And um, I think uh Randy Brown is also from looking for a fight. So I think uh, I t- I think Mickey Gall will win that one, but uh, um, it, it we haven't see, we, It's hard to know Randy Brown like he he's a young up and comer as well. So that that's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the the pr- the pass prelims here are also very very odd because of how good they are. You have Eamon Zahabi, obviously Firas Zahabi's brother, who's one of the top banter made prospects in the world. He's opening yeah, the card
1: yeah. yeah,
0: then you have OSP against Corey Anderson. You know, two of the top light heavyweights in the world. Or, 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 well,
1: beast in twenty five eight.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you have Alexi Olnik against Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, one of the top prospects at heavyweight. You know, he only last to Francis Ngannou against Olnick, the the uh, Ezekiel Choke master. That's some,
1: boy. Is that the
0: best? I think that's the best fight press preliminary card of all time. It has to be,
1: yeah. It's weird because then a couple of the actual prelims are kind of a bit not great, like Mark yeah. Godbeer and Walt Harris. And um, they're my actually boy, all right, though, to be honest. My boy, it's, it's way better that, than, I love my Ian classic, yeah. No, he's, he's he's fun to watch, but it's way better than the, definitely way better than the, the prelims that we had last night, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's a good segue there, Graham. Let's let's get into it. Uh UFC fight night, Brunson versus Machida. Um we won't stay very long in this because we're we're running kind of late here, but let's talk about Colby Covington and Damian Maia. What about what about that? Um terrible, ter- pretty terrible fight. Not a great fight. Not very impressive for me, the guy, to be honest. Uh although Covington won pretty easily a few unsavoury comments afterwards, which which we'll talk about. <laughs> um and my, uh, uh, I know you maybe have a different opinion to me. What, what do you think about Kobe Covington? How do you think he's coming out looking after this fight?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> fight wise, he looked very sloppy. Uh, yeah. He was getting hit with lefts constantly by them and Maya in, in the first round, um, and he was overstanding and reaching on nearly nearly all of his strikes. But uh, as Maya got tired, he just took over the, took over the fight. And when, when Maya couldn't get the takedowns and was expending all that energy, Covington was easily stuffing them and. Um, took over the fight and just uh, Maya just he, he's he's done this in the past, he's got tired and he he just can't. If he doesn't get the hit down early, he just seems to expend too much energy. And then he's lying on the ground trying to call them into his guard, and it's just a bad lucky in a close round. Like, like the second round was quite close at one stage, and then he started doing all that, all that lying on the ground trying to call him into his guard stuff, and it just it, it just um. I think it gives like a big boost to Cody, to the, your opponent, in this time obviously Covington. And it kind of shows the the judges and the fans watching that you're you're kind of running out of ideas here, and that um you're losing you're losing the round. <laughs> so uh, that uh, Maya just it's tough because he, he was he was so good and he still is so good, but he was so good for so long, and he just he couldn't get that title shot for for ages at a at welterweight. And when he did get it, it was it was a big damn squid against against woodley and when he fought anderson silver for the middleweight belt it was a big damn squid that everybody hated as well are you it said
0: damn like... squid what are you what do you saying Did you say damn squid damn squid yeah, that... yeah whatever uh, <laughs> damn squid i love it i'm calling you the squid from now on there you go
1: Squid. yeah sorry um
0: <laughs> graham the squid mcdonald
1: <laughs> so um, yeah I lost my train of talk completely there oh no sorry yeah uh, Covington uh, his antics yeah no I thought it was really good he had the crowd uh, hating him he had uh, people on Twitter going mad he had uh, Woodley responding he did everything right I, sp- I think uh, as a as a heel and a bad guy
0: yeah he, he did but like <laughs> oh god I don't know it Was I think he has like the, the Donald Trump piece more than anything else you know I think people either hate him or love that people hate him. If you know what I mean, you know I don't think he's any fans as such. He just has people who like the fact that he people hate him. You know, I think front Rob Ryan. He's you know he's one of those kind of guys that I thought him. I saw him kind of going behind him, which was pretty funny. And I'm I'm not really one of those guys, but I I appreciate what he's doing. And it's it's awful, but it's funny and it's working for him because people kind of know who he is now and stuff. As, as you were kind of mentioning. Look for me. I don't think he said anything too unsavory maybe I missed things like he he called what did he say he called people dirty animals
1: or filthy animals. I filthy think people animals. need to relax like they're yeah. people are just going mad at every turn like I don't think that's it's, racist it's or anything. Like that. Not, I, I think he's just trying to be the heel and just get the crowd booing and he's he's not being nasty and in, in like he's not he's not being racial he's it's it's, it's people the PC brigade just need to relax that they're just looking for ways to be offended.
0: He can definitely take it a step too far. Like, like when he said he, he's gonna bury Pindret like the English buried the Irish. Now that's too far. That's when you can go too far. Like, or you know, if he'd said something, you know, something about Brazilian people's history or something. I I'm I don't know. He you can go too far. Like, there's definitely a line, but I don't think he crossed that with Brazil. Maybe he said something before that I missed or something, but like calling Brazilian people filthy animals. Like, what if he had fought, say, Gunnar Nelson in Ireland or had fought Pindret back in the day in Ireland and he said Irish people, you know, he called us filthy animals or something like that.
1: Okay, you know, it's 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 a of people. it's tame like my in my sister. opinion it's not exactly like <laughs> cutting in any way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was you talked about the fight there. I was I've kind of had the same feelings on you he, like he it looked like coach Edmund was teaching him how to strike. He looked that bad, you know, I was Ronda Rousey kind of stuff. <laughs> was that
1: bad? Oh, Come on!
0: God. Oh, it was bad enough. Jesus, like he's sla- like any half decent Wrestle boxer would absolutely chew him up. You know, imagine if someone's asking me should he fight Darren Till. Like, imagine if he fought Darren Till and Darren Till was able to stop the takedown. He'd absolutely destroy. He finished him one round like handily. Uh, uh, more like I think uh, I think would beat Kobe Covington easily. I really do. Like Kobe's wrestling is very very good and stuff. But as Damian Maya showed last night. One dimensional fighting will get you nowhere anymore in the UFC. It's finished, it's over, dead. Damien Maya was the last exponent of one dimensional fighting in, in top level MMA. It's over. It's not happening anymore. Kobe Covington's a one dimensional fighter as well. But he's he, he was a little bit better of a striker than Damien Maya. And he, he got less tired than Damien Maya, and that's why he won. But Kobe Covington, when he gets in there against a guy who can't wrestle to the ground, he's he's fucked is the word I'm looking for there. He's just gonna get beaten. Like Tyron Woodley, it uh, Woodley, I think his played is very, very well. He's calling him an easy, easy paycheck, and all. I think he really is an easy paycheck. You know, I think it's, I think it's easy money for Tyron Woodley. Or, you know, a lot of those guys up there on top of that division. I'm, I don't, I just don't think he's that good of a fighter. And you know, and that's me calling it straight on the middle. A lot of people are accusing me of being biased against Colby Covington and everything. I picked Colby Covington to win that fight at the weekend. I like, I thought it was a good styles matchup for him, but I just don't think he's that good to be honest.
1: Yeah, um, I know. I know what you're saying. I think he's getting better and better. I think that relentless wrestling is is a problem for for ninety percent of the people in the division, but not for Tyrone Woodley, who, who's the champion. So, I, yeah, I think that's a bad style matchup for him. It's, it's definitely a bit early for him, anyway. He, he has a lot of work to do if he if he wants to if he wants to beat Tyron Woodley. But um, he has, when you have the champion talking about you, you have all the fans talking about you. Like you know, I think I, like Maya lost, um, Machida lost. And people were people were talking more about Covington than anything. You know, there was there was other storylines coming out of that, but he took all the headlines. Well, most of the the main headlines with with his uh, antics afterwards. I think a lot of people will just see that they won't have seen the they won't have seen the fight. They'll just see, oh, he beat Maya. Maya's brilliant, so he, it must have been good. And then they see all the antics, and they they, they now know who, who he is, and he's 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 played it brilliantly, even yeah. if it's a bit naff, but it's, it's worked.
0: Who do you think he should fight next? Cameron Usman has come out and said that uh, he has been offered a fight for the end of the year and camera Usman was supposed to fight uh I mean mech at the end of the year. Gone already. I, don't I don't know if it is or not. I mean Mek seems to pull out of every fight he's put into so I don't know. I don't
1: know it's whether Cameron an is,
0: Yeah, I don't know whether he was taking a piss or not now, but if that fight, i I favor Usman in a big way in that fight. but oh, um, definitely
1: Usman, yeah, yeah. No, it's a bad style matchup sure for Covington. I think Usman's an even better wrestler than Covington is.
0: Yeah, and a better striker as well. But I, I know Mike. this Mike Perry-Santiago-Ponzinibbio fight is a fight that just needs to be scrapped, I think. Because I I want to see Mike Perry fight Darren Till, and I want to see Ponzinibbio D- fight D- Covington. Till
1: destroys, destroys Perry.
0: That's kind of why I want to see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that bad? Uh,
0: no, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that style's matchup. I think that's better. Like, I think if you put Darren Till in against Covington, there's definitely a chance that Darren Till piece him up on the feet and says there. But I also think there's a chance Covington lays on him and you, you know, you that sets Darren Till back a bit. I don't know. Is that the best fight at the moment? Now, I know that's, you know, there's that argument whether you shouldn't be protecting a guy like that or whatever. But I think you should be protecting a guy like that, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, I and think I, don't, I did. Do the, I tell
1: you the Usman fight though, because they're, they're two h- kind of hot prospects who they can, they can. There's both so many, so many. There's so
0: many, many hot prospects in that welterweight division. It's unbelievable at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah, you don't want to. You you want to build these guys up, uh, get them. Like nobody really knows who Usman is outside of hardcore UFC fans, and um, people are only getting to know uh, Covington now through through all these kind of antics or whatever around mm-hmm. around this fight in Brazil and. Calling it a calling it a dump and all that stuff. So, we've seen it all before with Chael, but but a lot of people weren't around for that, you know. And they, it's kind of like he's saying all the same things that Chael said, but it's working. So, fair play to him.
0: Yeah. What about Damian Maya? Do you think? Do you think he could retire?
1: Um. mm, I think he. I think he'll fight on. He hasn't taken that much damage, has he? Like over the last few fights, he hasn't taken that much damage. He can beat a lot of people in the division as well. Um, his grappling is just so good. Uh, I'd say, I'd say it depends on what his contract is, but I'd say he'll at least fight out his contract.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Guillermo Cruz said he'd one fight left in his contract, so maybe. I think when he gets into his contract, he's gone though. I think he's the type of guy, exactly the type of guy that you see will will release. He's old. He's not exciting.
1: Yeah, they won't offer him a lot of money because he can beat a lot of their kind of up and coming guys, and he's not exactly a draw. Even though the, the hardcore fans love him.
0: Yeah, I could see them feeding him to a young, up and coming guy, maybe like a, a camera Usman. I think that'd be a good matchup for Usman as well. I think Usman would probably beat him. But yeah, I, I'd be a good,
1: no, good test for Usman. Yeah,
0: I'd like to see him fight Yushin Okami. I think that'd be a good fight. I know you, you, uh, Yushin isn't, is uh, exactly he's ranked a, at the moment.
1: Yeah, Light Heavyweight or something there, though, isn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah but he fought a middle or he fought a welterweight there for a good bit of his time when he was away from the UFC.
1: But welterweight, did he? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So possibly.
1: All right, let's move he's on. Of weather,
0: yeah, he's big. All right. Uh Derek Brunson against Leonardo Machida was obviously the main event. And the best thing about this was Leonardo Machida walking out to the Game of Thrones um uh, team. <laughs> Just unbelievable He made so many jokes about it. It was brilliant. And then exactly like Game of Thrones, he got killed off in very, very early in the first season. Um Ned Stark can be proud. <laughs> this you know, this fight was weird because you come in, you you look at this result, you see Machida was away for two years, he's 40 years of age. And you say, "Oh, ring rust, old." He got knocked out, and it's it's that's fair enough. But I'm not sure if it's really if it really tells the whole story. I don't know because you you couldn't really see that much of him. What did only been two and a half minutes? Not really much happened. There weren't really any big any big exchanges. Apart from apart from what happened at the very very end, where he got hit by not the biggest shot in the world, got hurt and got finished immediately. Not much you can tell from I'm uh, am, am I not reading enough into it or do you yeah, it, was, it was actually
1: similar enough to when he the Shogun rematch that Machida had where he he kind of got knocked out in a very similar manner. Um I think Machida landed a nice straight left before uh, before the, the finish, but that was about it. He didn't look he didn't look slow or old or anything. He looked actually all right for the tiny little sample size before he was eating punches. But um he's been out for two years. He's or he's what thirty nine forty. The the game just moves so quick, and and these guys that were on top ten years ago, uh, or eight ten years ago, are just they just been bypassed. And Derek Brunson is is a very good fighter, but like he's not exactly you know nobody was like oh you gotta watch out for this killer Derek Brunson. Like no disrespect to the guy, like he definitely has a lot of lot of talent, and he's he's a he's a very tough fighter, and he's fought some really tough guys already, but. Mm it just seems like machida he's never going to get back to he's never going to get back to the the top now like it's uh it's time to book him against kind of different styles uh maybe older guys or guys that aren't big knockout artists and maybe i'm not sure what his contract situation is maybe maybe he wouldn't mind going off to to another another promotion and, yeah. and fighting there like i don't think he's he like he's fought outside the UFC before. He was in the UFC for years and stuff as well. So I don't think he's uh he's like necessarily one of these people who's uh, wants to be in the UFC for, the, for forever and that's the end of it.
0: Derek Brunson's last three fights: Lyoto Machida, Dan Kelly, Anderson Silva. Average age of sixty eight. So like <laughs> that man, <laughs> that, it's it's a funny kind of run he's on. I know he obviously lost Anderson in that in that close fight, but he's beaten Judo Dan with a KO on the first and beaten uh, Lyoto Leona Machida with a KO on the first as well. He called out called out Luke Rockwell afterwards, he's ranked number 7 at the moment, actually Brunson is Luke Rockwell ranked number 2 I think that fight kind of makes sense at the moment although you've, you know, you've Yoel and Jacare and Chris Weidman around there as well uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing that fight
1: Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm not really.
0: Yeah, I don't care who from it, who from Machida. I saw a few people saying Vitor wouldn't. That'd be okay. Anderson Silva as well is fighting Gaslam. soon if, if he's looking, if he's
1: looking a little chinny though, Machida, as you said, it wasn't the biggest shot that dropped him. He, he's he's yeah. nearly forty. I don't know if you want to. I know, I know, Vitor is not not the Vitor he was either, but he still hits hits really hard. Um, maybe give him a more of a, a tune up fight this time uh, or next time, Machida.
0: Yeah, I would not mind seeing that. Try him in there against Johnny Hendricks.
1: That's what I want. Or to even see. just give him Dan Kelly.
0: <laughs> Judo Dan. Oh, I love it. I I want to see Judo Dan fight. He's Dan's fighting around with the hair. What's his name? Elias Teodoro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. So yeah, that should be fun. Anything else from under there you, you want to talk about? I there was a one arm g- gilly from uh Pedro Munoz against Rob Vaughn. That was absolutely tremendous. Uh Brazilian Jim Miller beat American Jim Miller. Uh Tiago Santos beat Jack Hermanson. John Lineker won unanimous decision. Not a great fight, to be honest. Uh I didn't see any of the undercard. Anything anything there stuck out to go you?
1: Uh, it was a nice uh finish by uh, luke a over Nico Price, who was undefeated before that. It was a. Uh a darsh choke and he kind of rolled over nicely with it um and he was he was doing well on the feet as well with nice leg kicks before that um what else was there um yeah there was it wasn't really that that great there was a guy called chris chris christian colombo he looked he looked really old he was uh, the first fight of the night he was a gray hair and he just got smashed and really choked
0: Uh, actually just one thing before we move on to the questions that tiago santos jack hermanson fight that was a ferocious fight for the five minutes and two seconds of the round that went uh, until the referee stopped it. Uh, <laughs> I, I said I said Hermanson win that fight via having a better chin, kind of, and I think it was actually it turned out maybe not to be the other way around. But it, it was funny, like J- Jack Hermansen, and obviously he's a you know a cage warriors guy that we he was cage and a European guy anyway that we all, we all know about. He always does his best work in his fights when he kind of out athletes people when he's faster than people. Like he fights like a weight and he's kind of. You know, very, very quick on his feet, but Thiago Santos it was just the most terrible matchup for him because he could do the same things a little bit better. He's just a little bit more of a, a better athlete than him. I think Jack Hermanson's one of the best athletes in the UFC, to be honest. I think he's really, really good, but it's just it's so hard to keep fighting that way when you're fighting that middleweight. And I think it, it usually works out okay for him for the first round or two, and then it goes badly. But against Tiago Santos, he's, as I said, he's someone who can just do that little bit better than him, and I think that's the reason why it lost. It's actually, it's one of those fights that makes you look at these matchups and kind of think, you know, it's an interesting way to think about matchups. You know, we usually think about them skill for skill, and I sometimes I, I dismiss the athletic side of it, but I think this side, uh, this fight really showed, you know, how much athleticism actually matters in some cases, and I think uh, I think it was big in this. But uh, yeah, nobody probably cares. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, all right. Before we to the questions, actually, Craig this weekend, I taped it and went to watch it, and then it wasn't there because he <laughs> had done it wrong. Chris, Chris, I actually saw the fight before it, which was um, um, God Almighty, what's his name? Middleweight title fight.
1: I don't know, Chris Fish called oh, uh, Lee, Chadwick.
0: Lee Chadwick, yeah, <laughs> pretty bad fight, but Richard, he won,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, he won. Chris Fishgold, how did he look? He talked about going down afterwards. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. He, he actually looked better than... He looked crisp on the feet. And, uh, looked like he's improved on the feet. And uh, he obviously is really good on the ground. And he, when he got it to the ground, he got the rear naked choke pretty quickly. Um, yeah, Lee Chadwick, uh, was, it wasn't a great fight. It was a unanimous decision against Victor Chang over, over five rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly McCann won as well, didn't you? Yeah, Molly McCann had a had a unanimous decision, uh, quite dominant. Uh over three rounds, uh, Soren Back beat uh, Stapes Martin Stapleton with a rear naked choke in the first round. He got a nice uh, body triangle on before getting the getting the rear naked choke early in the first. Nice. Um, yeah, I didn't actually see the, the prelims, but um, you know, uh, Fishgold was talking about going down to featherweight uh, from. Uh, obviously Paddy Pimblett, his uh, teammate is a, a, featherweight, a featherweight as well with cage warriors and was the champion yeah. and lost to lost the belt to Nad Naramani and, and Fishgold actually called out Nad Naramani and, and wanted to fight him so uh, I'd actually be interested in seeing that to be honest and I think that's a that's a good move by Fishgold he's kind of he's kind of front under the radar Fishgold he hasn't been really making any any splash in the media or nobody's really talking about him but I think people would be interested in seeing him against Nad Naramani because people know of, of Nad true through, through Paddy and uh I, th- I think that's that's a good fight to make and maybe Paddy Pimlet can go up to 155 and uh, they can just swap divisions <laughs> and uh, then yeah, there's no weight cut problems.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think Paddy is definitely more suited to 155. Um, you know, he's, he struggled a lot. What well, uh, the rumours going was it Maybe I'm wrong. Was there rumours going around that the fish call was struggling to make weight? Uh, for 155, now, maybe I'm just maybe with someone yeah, else or I'm
1: something, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, that's a bit odd, but yeah, if he's talking about 145, obviously not, you know, he might be able to, yeah, but that's a good fight as well. I, I'd like to see that. Bit odd as well that they put that card on the same night as uh Joshua's big fight, obviously in Cardiff, but that was very odd, you know, it's on a date literally the exact same time as, as Anthony Joshua, you know,
1: yeah, but like that's that, that Joshua thing was diabolical,
0: yeah, but no, well. What do you mean it was diabolical? Like seventy thousand people watching, like.
1: I know, but it was uh, it was diabolical. Uh, the actual boat, and then diabolical. the stoppage was terrible as well.
0: I thought that was a good boat? Why? What was wrong with the boat?
1: Ah, uh, it was just terrible. It was, it, Joshua just looked. He didn't look great at all, and uh, your man was just just not up to much. And uh, then the ref to stopped it, kind of for no reason
0: i thought it was a good stoppage to be honest i uh, i agree uh joshua didn't look great but he did thump the head off him basically for 10 rounds and i don't know he managed a little bit of success i thought it was a fun enough fight but yeah i thought nothing
1: was really happening for the first few rounds and the, the commentators <laughs> were just talking about oh he's got a bloody nose from a headbutt just constantly it was just like is this all that's happened in four rounds of-?
0: boxing do that an awful lot though like I don't know whether MMA underestimate cuts or boxing overestimates cuts. I'm not sure. Like, I was watching, as I mentioned, about Lines, Carlos Condit and, and George St. Pierre. Condit was absolutely pouring blood out of his head, like, and they didn't even get the doctor into look at him. And your man, like, a uh, cut above his eye, and you know, it was a bad-looking cut, all right, but he wasn't bleeding that much. Didn't seem to be, you know, didn't seem to be bleeding horrendously or anything, and they checked him out four times, the referee. So, yeah, it's, there's a big difference between uh, boxing yeah. and MMA. What about, what about Katie Taylor, too? She, uh... She was asked about Holly Holm and She said she'd love to fight her. Eh, it'd be a good fighter I would not mind seeing that. Let's, let's make it happen.
1: In an actual fight? No, in a, in a boxing bout.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. I'd be very interested if it was an actual fight, but boxing, uh, uh, I'm not that interested. Why not? Uh, just, I think Katie Holmes, Taylor would destroy her.
0: Why? Holly Holmes is a 17 time world boxing champion
1: world champion of albuquerque or something though isn't it?
0: yeah she like had uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like 95 percent of our fights in boxing were in albuquerque weren't they so yeah that's uh that's true right let's let's move on to the questions away from the oh no, wait, before we
1: did ryan oh, yeah. bader against uh, linda Vassell in, in bellator this weekend as well
0: really that's happening jesus okay yeah. Who's who's winning that one
1: I think Ryan Bader will win, but Fasel looked good in his last one. He he beat McGeary with a choke, like and he 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 cut through through McGeary's game and his ground game with ease. He looks to looks to have made improvements and since he lost that uh, decision to to Molo Wall a couple of years ago. But um Phil Davis is also on the card fighting an undefeated uh, Brazilian ten and Leo Leyte. Uh Zach Freeman who knocked out um, Aaron Pico is fighting oh, yes. Saeed Awad. Oh, um sure, Mac, F- Mac is fighting uh Ducote, I think you say here in it. Emily Ducote, I think you say it. No idea, never heard of it. Um, uh, Ed Root, who's uh, who's an undefeated uh wrestler, I believe, like uh, yeah. uh, Pico. He, yeah, he's kind of like a Pico figure. Yeah, he's he's fighting uh Chris Dempsey, who's eleven and five, so he's an uh, experienced guy. So that'd that's, be
0: uh, that's, that, is that be That's that Chris Dempsey that fought in Ireland,
1: Big Daddy Dims? Um, oh yeah, it might be actually. Hold on, let me double check that.
0: That's fucking knowledge there for you. There's knowledge. I wanted uh, when I was doing that, uh, for like yeah he, training, he,
1: uh, he, uh, yeah, he did. He fought. So um, he uh, fought Lira Latifi and got destroyed in, in the. And yeah.
0: but I tweeted him, asked him, did he have a nickname? And he said he just replied, no. So yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's that's not a bad card. I Didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, it's no, Bellator, it's nuclear, uh, yeah. Bellator's prelims are actually now we can watch them here through the Bellator app, but um yeah, uh, not the main card, <laughs> not not the main card yet.
1: An app like can we not just get it on like a an an internet stream or like a, a TV? I know, sure. like we like we've been and watch it on your phone. Like, is this a bit? Come on, you could,
0: do you ever hear of casting rooms? Twenty first century for fuck's sake, get with it.
1: Yeah, oh, a bit awkward, but. Well. It's better than nothing.
0: It's better I mean, than nothing. Fair play, lords it's, it's one step in like the hundred steps of the right direction. But uh yeah, fair Maybe play. just
1: fucking sort it out. Come on.
0: Yeah, I reckon better win that fight as well, by the way. Yeah, let's go. Right, the guild key QA. Nate Gildea's QA to start us off this week. True or false and all these questions. <clears throat> at least three main card fights at UFC two hundred seventeen will go the distance. Uh, on the main card. Let me look. This one, on card, two, three, four, five. No, Hendrix Bohachina. That probably won't, I'd say. Wonderboy Masvidal, mm, I don't think that will. Uh Yinjay and Amiunis, maybe. Cody Garber and TJ definitely
1: I'd say. So this is true or false. How are we what, what, yeah. how are we meant to do this?
0: True. Three three of the do you think three of those fights will go the distance?
1: Um Yeah, yeah, true, yeah.
0: I'm going to say false because I can't count.
1: The loser between GSP
0: and Biswing will say they're retiring in the cage after their fight
1: false mm. well they might say they're retiring and that's, not that's but... the question he did say that yeah, he said okay. uh, no, no, false, false,
0: false. he knows as well i'm going to say um i'm gonna say true because i think it'll be a gsp and gsp is said before he retired. retire but i do think he'll probably come back uh cody garbrandt will dance and showboat versus TJ, similar to what he did against cruz i think false i don't think he'll do that
1: um he only did it a very very sparingly against cruz um he might do a, a little something, but I, I doubt it'll be it'll be anything outrageous like Anderson Silva back in the day or anything like that. So, uh, uh, false.
0: Masvidal will get the next title shot if he beats Wonderboy. Uh, false. False. Damian May will win a Bellator championship. Mm. False. False. Hmm. Even if he did go to Bellator, he's not beaten Rory, Rory or um, Douglas First fight
1: with Rory is pretty close. It that was, was. but... Younger Maya
0: <clears throat> Mark Hunt will compete in Bellator within 12 months. True, he will. Sorry, Mark Hunt. <sighs>
1: false,
0: true. UFC 217 will do over 600,000 buys. False, mm, yeah. I'm gonna go false with that as well. Whoever Mickey Gal calls out if he wins will be his next fight.
1: <laughs> um, I like that question. Uh, false true I reckon
0: Joseph Duffy will stop James Vick true I'm going to go true as well fuck it Johnny Hendricks will miss weight false Uh, yeah I'm going to say false no titles will change hands on Saturday true yeah I'm going to go true as well no I'm going to go false because I'm going to Pick all of them not to, but they're a one in three chance, then yeah, yeah, it's probably
1: statistically the the better option to go for. (laughs) There you go,
0: brilliant. Uh, okay, questions. Let's get to five or six or seven or ten of these before we we go. Mr. Podge is always very first. Thanks, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast at one. Mr. Podge, give him a follow, he's brilliant. Uh, yes, about Steve Miocic. Do you think you know, Steve put up a a tweet he quotes it here. Do you think Steve will be back soon? And who do you think he'll be against? This is this is a tough one because. Kane has been to rumors about Kane, but yeah. Kane,
1: like he hasn't fought in so long, and when he did fight, he lost, and that was several injuries ago as well. And he didn't look, he didn't look good in that in, in that fight. Um, although a lot of excuses were made about uh the altitude and stuff, even though all, all the fighters were fighting at the same same place. But um, yeah, well, like if McGregor doesn't end up on this on this UFC two one nine, is it this thirtieth yeah. of December card, then. Either Stipe or, or Daniel Cormier would, would kind of have to be on it, wouldn't it? If it's going to be one, this massive card they, they want it to be.
0: Yeah, we've someone asked the question about that as well, and I suppose. Do you think that that is who who'd be the headliner of that card? I don't think it'd be
1: McGregor. It could be like, but I think. It could be like, you never know what yeah. McGregor, but um, if it's not McGregor, then Stipe versus Kane, maybe, or Stipe versus somebody anyway, uh, if Kane can get fit enough to, to, make, to make, through a camp, make it through a camp. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Daniel Cormier and Gustafsson, I don't think either of them are booked yet, and I think that was a really good fight the first time, and I, I think that, that makes sense to make that, yeah. but it, I don't know, Uzdemir might be uh, sneaking in there. I don't think he sells anywhere near as well as uh, Gustafsson though to the casuals.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mr. again. thoughts on instant replay, there's a thing about uh, New York Athletic Commission uh, adopting instant replay. Yeah, Could've it been should been... be
1: have been there for years. <laughs> hmm...
0: I don't think it should I I just I I like the official to be the official if there's something dead on like if the official makes a mistake fair enough like if it's something like in soccer like goal line technology or whatever I think that's grand but I don't like this going back we look at a camera we'll see what happens I think
1: there should be a guy who can like just kind of buzz the ref or whatever and be like here there's an egregious so something egregious has been missed here and then they can go look at it but obviously not like everything that happens oh did he grab the K? did he grab the the shorts did he poke him in the eye on purpose did did, was he hitting the balls like I don't think you need to do it every time but I think if there's something egregious happens that you miss like somebody like maybe like the Uriah Faber Rivera fight where you get poked in the eye really badly and then TKO'd a second later or like with Ponzinibbio and and Gunnar Nelson something like that like you know something like that it it needs to be there and it should have been there already but I definitely don't want to see uh, fights stopping and starting every every thirty seconds for for checking on certain fails. If if guys are claiming fails when when they when they uh, haven't been failed, like uh, certain Josh Koscheck likes to
0: do. I just think we need better better referees and have the good referees doing better fights. Uh, yeah, there isn't
1: very many referees to go around though, and there's so many shows now.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree, but I don't think I don't think this is the answer. To be honest. Um, yeah uh the underscore irish kieran finish the podcast Wonderboy versus covington next what do you think about that i i don't think that's good to be honest i'm not sure i, I it will either be it it's a terrible matchup for one of them either one of them's getting wrestled to the ground and laid on for three or five rounds or one of them's getting knocked out pretty pretty quickly i, I think covington covington could win that fight even though wonder takedown defense is um Done him very, very good. I don't know
1: the range and the understanding of distance that Wonderboy Boy has. I think would be way too much for for a rudimentary striker like like Covington. That
0: is a that is very very that is a very very fair point. Gavin, Springett, What's next for Leota? Was it layoff or does he need to change up things in his
1: game now? Somebody like David Branch.
0: Um, mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Branch could take him down as well. Just give him, yeah, give him someone terrible. Like I don't know.
1: <laughs> what about you, Royal Hall? I know Uriah Hall can hit pretty hard, but
0: probably knock him out. Probably knock him out. Yeah, I don't know. Someone's smaller than me. To see that, though, there? Yeah. Johnny Hendricks. I'm telling you, Johnny Hendricks is the fight. I,
1: I think Johnny Hendricks is is just. I don't just don't think he cares anymore. So yeah, uh, finished, yeah. I, I think he's finished. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, I think he might be done. Enough. If he loses this fight, he might just call it quits.
0: Yeah. Uh at era twenty four seven, Aaron Cullen, is Colby Covington going to make a welterweight great again. I, I he definitely has that Donald Trump vibe about him, like. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does like he he just does. Uh, Stuart Hayes uh asks, What current fighter do you think would transition over to WWE best? He thinks that uh, UL Romero would make a great heel. He's at Stu underscore Connor Anderson. would obviously be Yeah. He probably would. Let me think of a, is there anyone else? Um you would not do you know who'd make a good one? Um what's his name? Um Hick Diaz. Do you know him? They'll they'll love lads like that, you know, like
1: Oh Jason Knight.
0: Yeah, Jason Knight, yeah. He'd be really Hick good at So or Demetrius <laughs> Johnson'd be a good luchador, like he'd be real good, you know, be very lively and jumping around the best he got mad altogether. but yeah actually Tom Lawler there you go Tom Lawler because he actually he's, he's it. done a bit of that already yeah, hasn't he done loads of it yeah. so there you go that's, that's the true answer Daniel Mannix at Mannix knows what's your most heartbreaking moment as an MMA fan
1: um, I don't know Um, do you have any in mind
0: I remember well, yeah, I suppose I was as a fan I was sitting there in the crowd at UFC Dublin when your man you know Donovan Donovan he got knocked out and he was just like laying on the ground cody, like he's yeah, yeah cody know, and he just was like laying on the ground face down it was only for maybe like 30 seconds or something but i was like oh fuck it <laughs> just felt really bad like i don't know why uh, i i he got up and he was grand and everything like and but i don't know that that moment i was like six in my mind i was like jesus He just lying there face down like absolutely yeah. fucked up
1: when when Anderson broke his leg on that yeah. kick, it was pretty. It was pretty sad. It was him just screaming in pain, and his leg just like spaghetti underneath him. Like it was, that was pretty bad for for a legend of the sport. Um, yeah. really no, there's not that or, um, not that many really come to mind. Like uh, it's kind of sad when like you see BJ Penn getting the shake get of him repeatedly and people like that, but uh, an actual like. You kind of half expect it nearly, so it, it's not that shocking. But the Anderson Silva thing was kind of a shock as well. Like, you you definitely weren't expecting, like, his leg to break on a leg kick. Like, it only happened really, I think, once in the UFC before to, uh, what was your man's name from the Ultimate Fighter? Cody, yeah. Corey, Corey Hill. Corey yeah, Hill. Yeah,
0: and that actually brings to mind as well. Like, he, he has died since, you know, a lot of people have died. Obviously, Joe Carvalho being the biggest uh, biggest uh example for us, you know. That's obviously heartbreaking more than any of the other things. Like, so, yeah, it's... Yeah, that, I mean, that was... yeah. Yeah, that's, I actually wasn't
1: there for that at the time yeah. I don't really feel sad like when when guys win it's just kind of like when guys lose it isn't that big of a deal but when something kind of like a broken leg or somebody dying happens obviously that's that's much different
0: yeah 100% yeah uh, Sam at Sam not Samuel he asked us about RDA and Lawler we'll definitely have, uh, come he uh, mm. asked us about that but we, we'll come to that closer to the fight I think it's it's too long to go into it now uh, Jack Durges at Mr. Jack Durges uh, if Hendricks loses or misses weight next weekend do, does he get caught?
1: I think probably um, well, how much money is he on? Probably it probably depends off. on that, really. He's lost now
0: in his last. He's lost one, two, three, four, five of his last seven. He didn't
1: yeah. beat
0: Klimbar two fights ago.
1: It depends how bad he looks. If he looks terrible, it could be the end for him.
0: Yeah. Jack George is also asked, and this is a good question. With Spotlight on 170 at the moment, who do you think is the next champion? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler's up there. Wanderboy, Maya, Mazvidal, Dasanias, Conda, Covington, Till, Cerrone, Ponzinibbio, Magni, Usman.
1: It's um, a tough one. Yeah, it could be Till. It could be Till. I don't think so, though. I think he needs a, a little while longer. Um... It's a really oh, tough yeah. one.
0: There isn't, you know. I think
1: Osman need, needs a little while as well. I think these guys are. It'd be too quick for them if, if if Taylor Usman were to get a title. But I think in a couple of years, those guys are going to be going to be very very top level.
0: I think a bold outside shout might be Robbie Lawler if he beats R D N that fight and goes in against Woodley again. Doesn't get caught early. I think he might be able to get to him.
1: Mm, He's taking a lot of damage, though. Yeah, but is Woodley going to
0: come... Like, is Woodley fundamentally changed as a fighter now? He's not going to come out again hitting, you know, hitting lads like he he did against Lawler. It's tough to know.
1: I don't think think, think, uh, Lawler is going to do it. I don't think Wonderboy is going to get a title shot anytime soon. I don't think Maya is either going to get a title shot anytime soon. Masvidal, I don't think so. RDA, I just think he's good everywhere, but he's he's just undersized. And then Condit, I think... is, is, is. He's kinda of got one foot out of the game. He's not the he's not the, the guy he used to be. We talked about Covington. Then you then you start getting the till and Ponzanibio and Usman and people like that. So
0: Yeah, it could be it could be Till or Usman. You know, it could be two or three fights. It could be eighteen months away, like before Woodley loses that belt. Uh, maybe Usman is the answer, you know. Maybe that is it.
1: Could be Conor McGregor. Conor, oh for
0: fuck's sake, you swear you were fucking had a business interest with him or something. You swear you're bring out a film with him or something, you know. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Would you be
1: all that surprised if Connor fought Woodley uh, uh, after Tony or after the, the next one? I no, wouldn't.
0: but I I would be surprised if he beat him though. I don't think I don't think he'd beat Woodley to be honest. Okay, Andy Hall at Bootnik Andy. What's your dream fight of all time that never came to fruition?
1: My, GSP my, and Anderson.
0: Mine was Jones and Anderson. I always wanted that fight. I know it probably would have been a smashing for if Jones would have smashed him right, like, but yeah, that was
1: that was always my one. Brock and are...
0: Fedor as well. What about that?
1: I don't know. GSP and Anderson was the one I wanted to see for years.
0: Yeah. I, I do you know fight I like, kind of still want to see uh, Frankie Edgar against Conor McGregor. That's I'd love to see that fight. But, yeah, that's probably never going to happen now either. But, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it will. All right. One or two more. Varpality, Andrew Pearson. Where does the winner of Wonderboy and Masbell stand in the division? Do they fight another young gun like Till Covington or Usman? I think they probably do. I don't think they're getting a title to either of them anytime soon, to be honest.
1: Mm. Woodley seems to be out until the New Year, early New Year, but there hasn't been much talk of who it's gonna be. Maybe Covington's kinda of made himself the front runner nearly, um, but I think it's too early for him. Uh, there's no real outstanding outstanding pick that you think is overdue, but they could go a number of ways with, with Woodley.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, three non MMA questions to end us off. So uh favorite craft beer from Kieran Sherwin at Sharwa ICW
1: i don't even i don't even know i don't even drink well if i drink it i never know the name of it i can never remember the name of it when i go to order the next point in the pub.
0: yeah I, I drank the hardy box craft beer i don't even know if that's all anymore i want and that was nice so that's my answer i the time I remember myself and you and bother when drinking pints is up above in dublin i had a pint of their craft beer and it was the most disgusting shit i ever drank in my life it was rotten but yeah i wouldn't heineken is my favorite fucking craft beer that's only what happened uh, Johnny um, Byrne, have MMA takeover underscore. What's your ideal carvery dinner? Say it again, sorry. What's your ideal carvery dinner?
1: Um, I haven't had a carvery in ages. I'd probably go. Uh, uh, I'd probably go chicken and ham, just both.
0: <clears throat> chicken and a carvery. Oh. Ah, here. You need yeah. like something You need some Bur-
1: Yeah, I turkey's too uh, too dry. Chicken's uh, better than turkey.
0: Badly cooked turkey. Get Patrick Seene cooking you a bit of turkey. I'm gonna fucking cook a beautiful turkey. I'm telling you. Them.
1: Send, send them there, I'll, I'll
0: gladly eat it. Yeah, uh, my at a carvery, you know, I definitely go for a bit of beef. I like a bit of beef at a carvery, oh, delicious, very nice. Last question, so Turbo Twist nine eight six, um, he asked me about the man cave that I'm given that Haven't been, haven't talked about it in a long time. What have I done to the man cave, um? I I put I decked it out. I got it I, since last time I talked about it. Probably I got a new um, I got a new couch in there. So I have like a double couch and a single couch. I like painted the whole place and it's like deep purple now. I have one wall that's uh has like a cool design in it. I have my hundred inch um, um projector and you know, a projector screen or whatever. I have a bar. I have two fridges now because Patrick brought over his fridges there. I have Like fifteen hundred watts uh, stereo system stuff like that popcorn machine there you go what else do i want in it i don't know what else i want in it? send me stuff so if people need to send me pictures someone who is that? was it obviously his name um johan sent me a, a, a picture of conor mcgregor i have that in there as well so if you send me stuff
1: or actually i copy just remembered Sinead kavanagh the the spg fighter and bellator yeah. fighter sent us in a question she asked us uh had we seen her fight uh, her last fight and um how how do we how do we think it went? She thought it was very close and she, she asked what we thought. And I, I watched it there the other night and uh uh it was a really close first round. I think I think it could have gone either way. I think though because it was a big shot uh, from her opponent, Arlene, that uh kind of busted Sinead's nose and kind of snapped her head back. It was the kind of the most uh, the most um a, a, or uh most standout moment of the round. I think she probably edited the first round that one, that way. And um I think the second went to Arlene uh, a little clearer and then the third was Sinead. So it all came down to that first round and just a little thing like getting your nose mm-hmm. your nose bloodied and your head snapped back uh, uh, like a minute ago in the round probably stayed in the judge's mind and was probably the difference between getting the split and losing the split. mm mm-hmm.
0: I haven't seen it now, so yeah, I'll, t- I'll take an order. Fair enough. Uh,
1: what about what about the film? The film's
0: coming out this week. Yeah, I mean? the film, Yeah, the film's
1: out on Wednesday, the first of November. Um, you can still get tickets for for several cinemas. The the Savoy, where the actual um, world premiere or the event is taking place, is, is sold out. But there's loads of uh, there's loads of screens showing it at various times during during the day and the the coming days after that. Um, you can go to ConorMcGregorFilm and book your tickets there. uh For yeah, support uh, support us.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. It's really really good. Like some people are saying, oh, what's the point seeing it? There's I've seen all this stuff already. There's like loads of behind the scenes and new footage in it. Especially what I like the behind the scenes footage after the Diaz McGregor row. Um, do you know the um, after after he trying like 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 Yeah, and I also liked the bulk of the film probably is before the supposed to be Aldo turned out to be Chad Mendes fight with the injuries and the knee injuries and you've talked about them on the podcast before but we actually it goes into like the severity of those knee injuries and everything so that's that's for that alone, to sort of watch it, it's worth watching, it's fucking—that's unbelievable. I, I thought it was—I I said it, I think it's the best MMA documentary ever made by a mile. It's you know, it's brilliant. Fair play to you, and I wouldn't—I if it was shit, I'd say it was shit because I don't like you and you're a bit of a
1: prick. Like, but. Uh, uh, yeah, one of the, one another good bit is where uh, Dane and Lorenzo come to the the, the yeah. house to tell Connor that Aldo's out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of a funny, a funny scene, and Arnold Schwarzenegger coming to the house as well it's quite funny. And there's a few funny, lighthearted bits, and then there's obviously serious bits with the the fighting and the the injuries and just I don't want to give away too much people obviously want to don't want everything spoiled but uh, there's, there's loads of loads of behind the scenes stuff I've, I've seen people people tweeting and talking on Facebook and Reddit about oh, I've seen all the Conor McGregor stuff already and you haven't yeah. but you haven't you, you, there's loads of new stuff
0: the no diggity bit was my favourite bit that was just that was my favourite bit watch out for that if you're going to see it no diggity my favourite bit
1: of the film that was ex- excellent exceptional filmmaking. watch out for the severe MMA wife beater so. as <laughs> well
0: you got you got about a good three minutes of product placement to that film, fair play to you. <laughs> <laughs> At the very start as well. I love it. Brilliant. yeah, fair play to you. Uh anything anything else you want to pimp out on that? Or anything it's on in Limerick as well. People go go down and call in to me. Take me to, with you to see it in the in the cinema. Um, we've got to see it in Limerick. So yeah it, should be, yeah, it should be fun. Go over if you want to buy that t shirt, McGregor was wearing severe and forward slash merchandise. You can buy that there. You can follow me on Twitter at Shanti Nba. You can follow Graham at Severe and May. Go over and like our Facebook page as well and our Instagram. Andy Cowan is doing a lot of stuff on Instagram recently. Go to our YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash severe There's interviews from Cage Warriors from last week with Chris Fishco. no, not Chris Fishco, but other people, Molly McCann and a few more as well. Uh, Sean Betts and the lads are over there. Andy Cowan was over in Montreal. <clears throat> Got uh George St. Pierre, uh, Scrum, and Joseph Duffy, and Farasa Habi as well. He also got a uh, QA with Joseph Duffy. That's over on our Facebook page. So go over and see that. There's a shitload of content from the last couple of weeks over there. So support us. SeveranMail.com. Do all that. Embedded will be up this week as well. Instead of going to YouTube for the embedded or going to the other websites, go to SevereMe.com. The Embedded will be up there. You'll find them. You'll see them. They'll be on the front page. Yeah, Sean will put them all up. Sean will,
1: first.
0: sean will fucking not put him up <laughs> sean will, sean's, sean's gonna be busy all week but yeah that's it this has been a long podcast an hour and a half i hope you all enjoyed it i enjoyed it it was very fun and that's it here's the inspirational quote the quieter you become the more you can hear we'll see you next tuesday or monday